Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. This is a kind of bonus episode. I didn't fully expect to record this one, but my parents are in Paris this weekend visiting my wife, me, and our daughter. Or maybe I should put that in a different order. They're here in Paris visiting my daughter, me, and my wife. Anyway, they're visiting all of us. And so my dad and I managed to find a spare moment during the day today to record another Rick Thompson report. Just in case you don't know, the Rick Thompson report on Luke's English podcast is where I talk to my dad about the news in the UK, especially politics, usually politics. We've been doing these episodes since before the Brexit referendum in 2016. This time, my dad is going to give an update on what's been going on with the latest version of the UK government, this time with Liz Truss as Prime Minister. We recorded this on Sunday, the 16th of October, 2022, just for a bit of context there. In case you're listening to this way into the future, using Luke's English podcast as some sort of historical record of the past, maybe you're 500, you're from 500 years into the future trying to do some research to work out exactly what happened in October 2022. Well, anyway, this is from the 16th of October 2022. So I just wanted to say at the beginning here, I'm not going to talk for a long time in the introduction, I promise. But I did just want to say that I think this conversation might be confusing depending on your level of English. So I just wanted to give you a warning. Complicated English. Advanced English warning. This podcast is here to help you with your English. And this is the main objective. But these Rick Thompson reports are very popular among people who like to hear my dad talking about the latest political events in the UK. So I'm here to help you with your English. And the Rick Thompson report is popular. But the thing is, I think that these episodes and this one included might be difficult to follow and understand. So if you find it difficult to keep up with this, if you're confused and you don't understand uh, what we're talking about, then that is okay. It's quite confusing stuff. It's complicated. And my dad and I talked about it today very quickly without a lot of preparation. So let's be absolutely clear, okay, learners of English? This is a spontaneous conversation about a complex subject spoken in fast English. Now, that is good practice for you, but it might be a challenge. So if you feel confused, that's okay. You're allowed to feel confused. It's okay to not understand all of this, okay? That's fine. Don't feel bad about your English, okay? Um, if you find it hard to keep up, don't feel bad about your English. But do feel good about your English if you understand any of this, like literally any word in there. Like, oh, he said 
and. He said, the. I understand those words. Then good. Give yourself a pat on the back. I don't mean to patronise you. I'm just genuinely and genuinely trying to support you in your confidence with your English, because that is very important. Feel good about your English, because this is very important for your general motivation, which is the absolute fuel that drives your learning of this language. Okay, so it's it's complicated stuff. I hope you managed to follow all of it. Okay, good. That's enough from me. Okay, it's now time to get started with this conversation with my dad. And if you're watching the video version, I'm now going to transform this. I'm going to I'm now going to do a magic trick where I bring my dad into the room next to me. If you're listening to the audio, I'm still going to do a magic trick. It's just it will be less impressive because you won't actually be able to see it. Okay. All right. Good. I'm now going to stop. Here's the magic trick right now. This is the Rick Thompson Report with Rick Thompson. Hello, Dad. Welcome to my pod room in the podcastle. It's absolutely terrific to be in your pod room at last, having seen it so often and heard you broadcasting from it. And here we are in Paris in your famous podcast room in the sky. Yeah, that's right. You're here to do another Rick Thompson report. It's not it's normally we do these remotely with you in your room and me in my room in different countries. But here we are actually doing it in the same room, which On is quite nice. On a flying nice. visit to Paris. Yes. Uh, along with the family. And um, so uh, it's a pleasure. We haven't got very long. We don't. And um, you wanted to talk about... What's going on in Britain? As usual, we're going to talk about what's going on in, in British politics. That's the, the focus. And we were wondering what to call this episode. And um, I don't know, what do you think? What's the... Chaos in London? Yeah. Uh, tr- Trustonomics? The disaster, a political disaster, economic fallout. Uh, U-turn after U-turn after U-turn after U-turn? I think maybe the, the, the best title is simply just to call it Liz Truss, which, right. which would... Sums things up, It would sum it? up all of those. It includes all of those things, doesn't it? OK, our, our Prime Minister, as, the, as, the, as we speak, I mean, we ought to say that this is Sunday the 16th of September. Yeah. Because... You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, we could have a completely different person. <laughs> Absolutely. Who knows? Uh, yeah, very time-specific, uh, this episode, because, uh, yes, Liz Trust might be gone within a matter of minutes or hours or days. We don't know. Um, let's see. So what we should probably do is start kind of where we left off, which was last time we talked about Boris Johnson leaving. And then uh, you talked to us about the process of finding a new leader. We didn't have uh, the new leader then. That was just at the beginning of the summer, I think. So last time you said that the new leader would be chosen in September. Can you remind us how that happened? Yes, this rather strange and, to my mind, undemocratic uh, system that the ruling party has, the Conservative Party system, where um, if they want to get rid of a leader, they have to have a vote of no confidence in them, which has to achieve a certain number of votes. Well, Boris Johnson never faced that vote of no confidence because all his ministers were resigning left, right and centre, demanding that he resign. So in the end, he realised that his his lying had really alienated uh, the parliamentary party so much that they wanted somebody else. So this tortuous process is, is in two stages, Um, The members of parliament in the Conservative Party, first of all, 
uh, have a, a, an open contest where people can put their names forward, say, I want to be prime minister, and they have to have a certain number of supporters. Mm-hmm. Then when you've got that number, they start having votes in, in the House of uh, has a parliament the conservative party yes. has votes and they whittle down you know somebody gets eliminated then they have another round then somebody else gets eliminated then you have another round that's just the conservative MPs just the conservative MPs about 350 of them on all the candidates that have put themselves forward and they vote again and again and the last one the one who got the fewest votes gets knocked out until eventually they whittle it down to in this case it was just two candidates they bring it down to the last two and um, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak... Previous, previous, previous? No, he was at the time. OK. <laughs> um, was uh, the kind of favourite with the MPs. And um, coming a close second was Liz Truss, who was then the Foreign Secretary. So the Finance Minister and the Foreign Secretary finished up being the two in line to be the next Prime Minister. Mm. It was a close call because there was another uh, woman minister called uh, Penny Mordaunt who was only just behind Liz Truss. And in my view, if she had been in the last two, she would have won and she would have been the Prime Minister. So she came extremely close. So having done that, they then have best part of two months of campaigning around the country, uh, talking to members of the Conservative Party. The grassroots members. Now, nobody's quite entirely sure how many there are of them, but there's probably around 120,000. So members of the Conservative Party, we just mean members of the public who who love the Conservative Party so much that they have become members, which means they pay a bit of money and they become part of... What, yeah. do, what do they actually get for being members? I have no idea. But, um, but they get the right they get the right to, to vote on in situations like this. They do indeed. There's about a hundred thousand of them oh, in the country. Be, between a hundred thousand and hundred and fifty thousand okay. apparently. Anyway, um the uh, the fact is that the members of the Conservative Party up and down the country tend to be um right wing. They tend to be they're older, we know that. They're pretty old bunch. Mm-hmm. They are traditional. Um, they don't like change very much, and uh, they're very patriotic. And they they are basically, as soon as it was clear that it would be Liz Truss against Rishi Sunak, yeah. you could bet your, quite a lot of money on the fact that it would be Liz Truss because she's right-wing and because she's not Rishi Sunak, well, who wasn't very you, popular. Why, why? Why Why wasn't Rishi Sunak popular? Um, I don't know, really. Nobody's spelled it out. Colour but I think, I think the fact that he wasn't English in the view of the Conservative group uh, might have something to do with it. Because he's, he's, um, his parents or his grandparents were from where? Indi- India or Pakistan, somewhere India, like, something like that. Uh, not that it's that important, but it is important, but it shouldn't be important. No, it shouldn't be important but at all. He, do- he looks different. That maybe is the point. Maybe the, I don't know, we can't say for sure, but maybe people uh, voted think... for the white white, white person. But I also think that, that, you know, Liz Truss was more in tune with their thinking. They believe that, you know, conservatives ought to have a low tax economy, hands off government. Uh, people should take responsibility for their own lives. Uh, and they, they liked the fact that she said she would immediately reduce taxes uh, and reduce the size of the state. And this was music to their ears. This is the kind of thing they thought. Whereas Rishi Sunak, who, in my view, knew an awful lot more about economics than is trusted, said we are in a period of high inflation. 
you know, 10%. Uh, this is not a time to be cutting taxes. You know, we have to get inflation under control first and make sure the economy is solid before you start talking about cutting taxes. Inflation is when the price of things is going up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, the the inflation rate is how much in a year the prices have all gone up uniformly and at the moment it's going up at about 10% a year. Not the only country in Europe because of the increase in oil prices, because of the uh, invasion of Ukraine. Mm. But um, it, it's uh, the argument was we can't be irresponsible by dropping taxes. And if you if you immediately drop taxes, then less money coming in... To the, to the government. To the government. Yeah. They've got less money to spend on things and the health service is in a terrible state and needs funding. Uh, or you borrow the money... Um, on the international markets, and there's a real danger in that because the national debt goes up and up and up, and the country starts having to pay interest to these investors on the money they've borrowed. So you finish up with the government shelling out, paying out lots of interest payments instead of being able to invest in public services, so such as the health so service. So it's kind of like, which where where is the money going is, the, is kind of... A, a way to look at it and when you have uh, low tax and high public borrowing all the country's money is going off to other investors wherever they are uh, whereas you know with higher tax and more public spending you're taking money off maybe the top 10% of you know um, business revenue and investing it back into the country in, in the form of things like healthcare and uh, and the infrastructure and everything else, right? Yeah, there um, are loads of things that need, need public money, uh, particularly at the moment. Uh, one of them is uh, paying out to make sure people can pay their electricity and gas bills. So this is a big government scheme, a government subsidy, to put a limit on how much their energy bills are going up because the wholesale price of gas has shot up and the uh, energy companies are having to pass that on to customers. So the first thing is the government's committed a huge amount to supporting people in that way and businesses. This follows the support package they gave during the pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, when a lot of businesses had to close uh, because of the rules. And so there was a what's called a furlough scheme where the government paid most of the salary of the people who couldn't work um, for a while. Now, that cost a lot. Yeah. Now, on top of that, we've got the, the health service in a really bad way now. Uh, and it's never been worse. And the waiting lists are six million people waiting for operations, not enough doctors, not enough nurses. Even ambulances are taking too long to reach people. Everybody says the health service is in a critical condition uh, and it needs investment. Well, if you haven't got any money in the public coffers, how can you do that? And in addition to that, we're committed to uh, supporting Ukraine in their war against Russia uh, militarily. So that is costing money as well. So um, it's not difficult. Economics sometimes feels very, very difficult. But in the end, if the amount of money the government is spending is more than the amount of money it's getting from taxes, then it has to borrow it on the international market. And that means that institutions like pension funds and others buy what are called bonds, 
government bonds. They sometimes call them gilts, but they are bonds. They issue a promise to pay. Yeah. You, you give me a million pounds and I will, you know, pay you a million pounds plus 5%. It's just a, it's, it's a, a way for the government to borrow money. Yes, basically. it is. And so that's they, so, they, so they, simple. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's this is a sort of the economic policy of uh, Liz Trust that we're talking about. Going back to the uh, situation where the UK didn't have a prime minister and the new prime minister needed to be chosen, the Conservative Party members, after it was narrowed down to Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, they voted for Liz Truss and voila, we got her as the prime minister. And uh, she appointed uh, members of her cabinet using what was left of uh, the available um, uh, members of parliament in the Conservative Party. She chose uh, members of her parliament, including uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, who is the finance minister. Who did she choose? Quasi uh, Kwarteng. Okay. Quasi Kwarteng. The, the fact is that um, this is goes all the way back to Brexit. In 2016. That's another, by the way, another factor that's affecting the British economy. Oh, it is. It's, is, it, is the our ability to trade with um, our closest uh, market and largest market. And that's all been frustrated by uh, the complications arising from us leaving the single market and, and all the rest of it. So that's much more costly and complicated than it used to be. Um, it has certainly damaged our, our trading ability and our GDP, which is a measure of the nation's wealth. And um, regular listeners to this podcast and the Rick Thompson report will know that I thought it was a disaster that we voted to leave the EU, but we did. And the political parties are in no position to reverse that because a majority of people voted for it. But um, the the version of Brexit we got was the hardest uh, possible, and we fell out of the EU with with no really decent arrangements in place, and that has been damaging. The interesting thing now is, first of all, uh, Liz Truss's cabinet is a Brexity cabinet. They are still hard right uh, nationalists, and she chose her team from that group. Within the Conservative Party, who are who were the leaders of the of the Brexit movement, they weren't afraid to actually say things that weren't true during the campaign, incidentally, and they weren't well qualified to handle our, our economics because, in my view, they are detached from reality. the The whole Brexit argument was detached from reality. If you if you argued about the facts on the ground, what would happen in Northern Ireland if this happened? What would happen with our trade with Germany and French, uh, France and so on if that happened? They ignored it. That wasn't the point. They kept yeah. saying, but we don't want to be run by Brussels. We're going to take back control. We're going to take back control of our borders. And you'd say, wait a minute. These people, refugees coming across the channel in rubber boats, you've got to co collaborate with France in a, in a you know, EU-wide scheme to try to stop you know, all these dangerous immigrations. No, no, no. We want to take control of our borders. We want to take control of our economy. It didn't have any logic attached to it at all. This was the group that Liz Truss chose to be her government and they went plunging over the edge of the cliff with the most daft and ridiculous economic policy that didn't add up. Now, I, I, you know, you can call the economic policy um, incompetent, which 
maybe it is, but also you start to think that maybe they're doing it on purpose. Maybe they, <laughs> if you think, is it daylight robbery? Is that what's going on? Because I, I don't know, maybe I'm speculating, but when, um, when the policy is clearly just take the country's money and give it to a bunch of bankers or let, you know, a small percentage of, of uh, people working in finance take all of the money away and just steal it, essentially, or, or put it in... Um, uh, offshore bank accounts where they don't have to pay tax on it and you know is the, how is this not just taking money from the British people and just giving it to 1% well I'm, I'm afraid there is a sense of um, anger about the fact that a lot of uh, very rich people are doing well out of the economic crisis we're facing this whole policy is basically for them um, as far as I can tell you must have to remember that when Liz Trust said right we're going to cut taxes one of the taxes was to eliminate the uh, top rate of tax. So the people who earn the most were on the on above a certain amount of money they, they earn, I think over £150,000 a year, they would be paying 45% in tax, um, which is around the same level of the highest tax rates of other European countries. Yeah. And uh, she said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to scrapping the top rate of tax. So the top rate for everybody will be 40%. Now... That helps only the top 1% or 2% of the richest people. Yeah. It would give them the equivalent maybe of £5,000 a year, whereas uh, for other people, they would finish up having to pay for it in one way or another. The, the argument is trickle-down economics, which is the idea that if you put the money at the top, you know, if you support big businesses um, by cutting tax, that you stick all the money at the top that it essentially trickles down through society all the way down. But, I mean, it's it's not true. I think, I it's think been... most, economics, uh, most economic experts would say it has been proved that it doesn't work it, I mean, uh, what... and more than once. And the, the fact is, of course, that you're right, that, it, that trickle down was one way of putting it, but she believed that it would encourage investment and it would lead to growth. You say, well... How long would we have to wait until there was so much growth in the economy that it would benefit everybody? What happens is if you actually let people who live in the society uh, have access to that money is that they use it, they spend it, they spend it on everything. They spend it on all the food and all the services and everything like that. Uh, so trickle down, I think, is being proven to be it, nonsense. because It, it you know, is nonsense. Those, those the... the, the, the when you give it to those people, they have clever ways of avoiding paying tax on it. And they also will put it into bank accounts in other places where they don't have to pay tax that goes back to uh, the UK uh, central bank. So let me tell your listeners politics. a little bit more, a little bit more about what, what this mad um, economic plan was. Uh, drop tax for the most richest people. Um, actually drop tax for everybody by a drop in 1% of income tax, uh, not go ahead with a planned increase in corporation tax. That's a tax on the profits of companies, OK? Uh, and it was going to go up a, a bit. She decided, no, we won't increase that. And there was a plan under Boris Johnson where there would be an increase in what's called national insurance. National insurance is another form of tax, uh, Individuals pay it and companies pay it. It's not a huge amount, but collectively uh, it, it's quite a significant thing, national insurance. Social and it was security. supposed to be precisely for 
uh, to be spent on the health service and social care. She decided that wouldn't happen either. So there was a whole package of things unfunded tax cuts and it wasn't so much the parliamentary party that rebelled against this it was the city the finances the the bankers they looked at it and they said this is nuts and started selling government bonds and they and the, there was a run on the pound the pound started declining in value against the the dollar and the euro this economic plan was presented in the form of a budget now yeah. normally the budget happens in april doesn't it is it april march uh, yes uh, it, it is in the spring it's in the spring okay uh, but this because it was a new prime minister with a new chancellor of the exchequer with a new plan they published what's called a what was called a mini budget which is kind of like a new budget, but not at the not the usual time. Do you know why it wasn't called a budget? No. The reason it wasn't called a budget is that uh, they would have to have put their plan to the independent Office of Budget Responsibility, a government agency called the OBR. And the mm-hmm. Office of Budget Responsibility then publishes its, its version of how the figures will add up. They do the the mathematics on a budget and they will give some kind of verdict on whether it makes sense or not. He didn't call it a budget, Kuateng, to avoid that scrutiny. And it still hasn't been undergone scrutiny. It's going to happen uh, on the the last day of this month. So, all right, to avoid scrutiny so that... Other people couldn't say, wait a minute, no, this, this is terrible. Add up. This is a terrible idea. Why? Why why do that unless they uh, had some other um, I think agenda? That, I, th- I don't know. It's very difficult to get inside their heads because they were doing things that were clearly going to uh, not work and damage the market. But I think their argument would be, well, we didn't need to uh, and we didn't want to uh, scare the market with uh, something that had to be done immediately. Wait a minute. We didn't want to scare the market. But they did scare the market, um, uh, precisely because they hadn't done any analysis. So this mini-budget was announced and then the instant reaction, as you said, was that, that everyone, including like, all the economic experts and the bankers in the city, all just panicked and the pound, the value of the pound dropped significantly. Indeed, the value of the pound dropped. Um, there was, as they call it, a bit of a run on the pound. People, you know, people who trade in currencies were selling it, but also there was uh, a sale of government bonds. People, uh, you know, were saying we don't want to have our money in government bonds when this government looks like it's, uh, you know, doesn't know what it's doing, and they had to. Uh, call on the Bank of England to start buying those bonds. Now, you might think this is mad. The Bank of England is buying the government bonds because everybody else is selling them. That's exactly what happened. But the the price of, of borrowing went up and up and up. And because the price of borrowing was going up, because the pound was under pressure, the Bank of England is having to raise interest rates. Raising interest rates means people's mortgages or their credit card payments go up. Um, And on top of the fact that we've got this rising costs, 10% inflation, um, there there was a danger of some kind of spiral going on here where we would, um, our economy would in effect collapse. So there was emergency funding from the Bank of England, not once but twice. And what's happened is this uh, this policy has unravelled incredibly quickly. So first of all, 
uh, because of the MPs objecting so much, the uh, tax cut for the richest, that was a U-turn, as we say. A U-turn, that's where, so say, uh, a politician who's decided we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, this is our opinion, this is our policy, and then they do a U-turn, which is what you do in a car when you just do a 180-degree turn and you make a U-shape where you go Go reverse and go in completely the other direction. So it's called to do a U-turn. So there was a U-turn on the corporation. Cutting the tax for the rich. There was was a U-turn on not not increasing corporation tax as has been planned. There was a a U-turn on um, uh, taking some funding from the uh, energy companies. The opposition parties have been calling for what's called a windfall tax because companies like Shell and Esso have been making huge profits because of the increase in the wholesale price of gas in particular, and they get a percentage. They didn't do anything to deserve it, but the amounts they were they were getting in excess profit was fantastic. So uh, obviously a lot of voices were saying we, we ought to have a, a, an extra tax on this windfall, as it's called. Um, but Trust kept saying, no, no, we, we are the party of business. We don't want to um, stop them investing in Britain and all that kind of thing. But everything they, that did, was was, another everything they did was incredibly bad for business. Another U-turn. And um, uh, so it goes on. But also she has sacked her chancellor uh, within, how long was it? Less, less than... It was about four weeks. Yeah, less than a month. So wait, so he's out. So he's out. Quasi Quateng was uh, fired because last it was week, not, just well, a few days ago. It, but they were very close together, Truss and Quateng. It wasn't the Quateng budget. It was a Truss and Quateng budget, and she was in charge. She was the prime minister. So she's thrown him under the bus in the hope that it'll save her uh, being the prime minister. I know we all, we all keep saying that she's. Sacked him. She's thrown him under the bus. I don't know. I'm sure that uh, there are other people involved in in the decision making, and that Truss is just there as the leader. But there's a whole team of people that are part of this decision making. It process. may be, but anyway. Uh, so she has had to quickly appoint another finance minister, another chancellor, as we call it, chancellor of the exchequer. But her cabinet, all her ministers, were all Brexity people who she couldn't trust complete and disasters so so she has reached for a, an experienced non-brexity person uh, called Jeremy Hunt uh, who has had a number of you know senior positions in the past uh, the, the party tend to think he's a sensible bloke and he's immediately uh, announcing uh, things that are reversing uh, her her idea of economics, uh, a much more sensible approach, and uh, people are asking, who's in charge of this government? Uh, is it Jeremy Hunt now, or is it Liz Truss? So she's why I said, we don't know what's going to happen next week because things move so quickly. Uh, but it has been a very, very weird month uh, where we've seen, actually... Um, I think we've had four chancellors of the, ex- of the exchequer in four in four forty days. Four, four different four chancellors. In four months, no. Um, it's four months, I, isn't it? Is it four months? It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, well, I think check. it might even be shorter time than that. Really? But um, obviously, the international finance markets have been very concerned that we seem to lose track of reality on the economic plan, even though it is now being reversed as fast as possible. But it's also about credibility, that the 
credibility of Britain has taken another damaging knock. People, you know, and other governments and other financial institutions will look at us and say, you can't trust these people. What are they doing? Can't Liz trust these people? Yeah, very you? good. So it's been a, been quite an interesting period um, and a, a rather depressing one. Um, you're going to ask me what do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, go on. What do you think is going to happen next? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you asked me that question, Luke. Um, I, obviously, I don't know, but my feeling is that Liz Truss will not be Prime Minister for a great deal of time longer. I mean, her credibility is completely shredded. And not only that, uh, the Conservative Party are miles behind the main opposition Labour Party in the opinion polls. And that's the thing that the Conservative Party hates. They don't want to lose the next election. And if she looks like a loser, which she certainly does, um, they will they will find a way of removing her before long. And it may be there will be another of those strange conservative contests. Maybe they'll find a way of getting around it. But I can't see Liz Truss being the Prime Minister at Christmas. So two more questions. When is the next election? Because they do come... Um, there's a... Yeah, they, they come around every five years yes. or so. So the next one has to be before a certain date. There, there is um, a, a law which says, uh, it's called the fixed term parliament law, where, where the elections come around every five years. But any any governing party can do what it likes, really. If, well, if they can't if, call if they decide, later than if that. they decide, no, no, it has to be done do by that time. That. But they could do so, it earlier. Yeah. Uh, they, all they have to do is vote in Parliament. We want an election, and then they would have one. Wait a minute. Wait, sorry. Who who gets to vote in Parliament? Like all of the, the MPs. MPs. So, for example, if Labour feel now is the time, they can try to force a vote through the House to say we want a general election now. Yes, but the Conservative Party has gotten a 90-seat majority in the Parliament, a big, big majority. And they're not going to, um, you know, vote for an election if they think they're going to lose it. Right. So it would be very difficult to Labour to push it. So it, would, all... it would have to be the governing party would decide now is the time for us to go for an election. OK, so the Conservatives do have control over when the election happens, Pretty but much. it has to happen before a certain date, which is in within the next 18 months uh, or so. It's just under two years. Just under two years. So in some time, in that time, what the Conservatives are going to try and do is claw their way back to some level of respectability where they feel like, OK, we could probably win another general election at this point. Liz Truss is probably going to be chucked out yes. and someone will come in to replace her as a new Prime Minister. Now, could that be Boris Johnson? Could he come back? There is, um, there is a faction that would like Boris Johnson to come back. Uh, everybody notes that when he left in his jokey fashion, um, he said... Uh, he said something like, I'll be back. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> I don't know what it was he said. but I think he, he said hinted. hasta la vista. Did he really? Um, yeah. And um, uh, the, the fact is, of course, that everyone um, has different opinions about Boris Johnson. There is a strong a part of the country which sees him as a serial liar and uh, not a serious man. Another disaster. And uh, can't he, even get his hair right. And for goodness his, his party did throw him out. Um, he he is regarded in the country by members of the party as being good old Boris, and he's a winner, and uh, you know he's a personality. 
I think it would be very difficult for the Conservative Party to bring back Boris Johnson, and I, if they did, I think he would lose the next election. Okay. So I think it'll be somebody else um, who would turn out to be the next PM. I wonder who that would be. Yeah? Well, Jeremy Hunt, the new Chancellor, might think he's uh, he's got a good chance. Because they desperately need someone reliable, solid, That's uh, right. maybe a little bit less extreme, someone sensible, someone you, experienced. Jeremy you, Hunt does fit that bill. And there was Penny Mordaunt, who came very, very close last time in the, in the vote. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is a personable woman, a good speaker, unlike... Liz Truss, uh, and more <laughs> assured. And uh, you know, obviously, I think whoever it is um, coming into next year, they will want to reset and pretend that none of this actually really happened. And the, uh, the, the people who are on the very far right of this party, who believe in Trussonomics or Trickle Down, but also believe in small government and uh, they're nationalists. I wonder if they're corrupt, um, though. I, there's all sorts of things coming up. Next year, um, the big party in Scotland, the Scottish Nationalist Party, um, are saying they, they will hold a referendum on independence for the second time. Oh. Um, now, that might produce a collision uh, with Westminster because no government in Westminster is going to say, yes, that's all right then. Oh, I don't know, though. Labour Party might. Anyway, um, there's a negotiation going on trying to sort out Northern Ireland. The um, Assembly in Northern Ireland is still suspended because the Nationalist Parties and the Loyalist Parties can't agree uh, and they have a power-sharing agreement, so if one side won't go to the Parliament, then it doesn't operate. Uh, there's that. There's um, this uh, very serious inflation problem um, which is going to damage people's personal finance and I'm not sure where this is going to end up but a lot of people this autumn and winter will find they can't pay their bills even with the support package for, for people for their uh, electricity and gas some people will find it's gone up just too much for them if you've got a mortgage and there are about um, two and a half million people um, on fixed term mortgages a mortgage is when you borrow money to buy a house so the mortgage is the the, the loan that you take out when you buy a house and you have to pay the money back every month if you don't pay it the bank can take your house yes and say for example um you you've you've got a loan uh, a mortgage loan of £200,000, for example, the interest you pay on that might amount to £600 a month. At the moment. At the moment. But if interest rates keep on rising as they are doing, you might find that amount doubling. £200,000 is going to be more than £600,000, surely. I, think I, but I don't know. I'm making this up as I go no, along. I think it's a lot more. So I think it may be more. I think that's more in the region of... Um, Four times, it's it's about 1,200, it's about 1,200, I guess. It depends, depends on the nature of the loan. Some of them are for 25 years, yeah. some of them are 20 years. Yeah. Some of them are uh, paying off the capital as well as paying interest, so they, they vary. So, so I was just making this up, but basically the fact is that the amount people are paying might double, and it's a lot. So we, we have a situation where there will be more and more people in great difficulty 
and uh, the government will have to do something about it. Yes. Uh, otherwise, not only will they be thrown out at the next election, there may even be, you know, some kind of civil unrest. Yeah. If you get to the point where a significant number of people can't pay their bills or they yeah. can't stay in their houses. It, so it's a critical situation that has to be handled very responsibly. Meanwhile, Liz Truss thinks the best thing to do is to take all the money and give it to 10 guys <laughs> who are going to put it in a bank in Panama. Well, you're saying that, not me. But, it, but I am saying uh, that, her yeah. economics has been rejected by, by the markets and has been rejected by the popular uh, opinion polls mm -hmm. and her own MPs. OK. So there you go, listeners and viewers. That's what's happening. I hope you don't mind this. Um, we call it navel-gazing. Your, your navel is your tummy button, and if you're navel-gazing, it means you're head down and you're looking at yourself and you're not looking at anybody looking else. At your own business. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like um, we are probably more qualified to talk about what's going on in the UK than we are when we look around the world and look at all the problems going on in all the other places and then to talk about them with any degree of confidence. It's probably safer just to stick to our own problems in that sense. Because I, as I've said before on this show, whenever I'm talking or we're talking about the UK and criticising the UK, everyone's like, this is fantastic, eating uh, you know, all the popcorn. And then as soon as we say one thing about another country, then people throw the popcorn in the air <laughs> and start typing their angry comments and sending me emails and things. So it's probably just safer in that sense to talk about the UK and its problems but yes you know we could start pointing the finger in other places and things but who are we to say well I, I obviously I hope that uh, our economy gets fixed soon but uh, there are some very very difficult times ahead and uh, this government is very reluctant to raise taxes which is what it should do well, there you go listeners I hope that you understood all of that I hope you understood any of that um, for the, this podcast for learners of English. That's difficult to understand for a lot of people. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, there you go. Rick Thompson again again on Luke's English podcast. Well, when, when it's all changed and what, everything I've said has been proved to be complete rubbish, you can invite me back again and I'll say, sorry, I spoke of complete rubbish. I don't know. I don't know about that. That's <laughs> modesty. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much. It's it's time for us to stop now yep. and go and go back to general family weekend yep. stuff. Family weekend in okay. Paris. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay, and we're back. My dad's gone. It's just me now in the room and I'm going to do an ending bit. So I hope you managed to keep up with that okay. I won't talk a lot more here because this is just a, supposed to be a quick bonus episode. Uh, yeah, a bonus episode. This was a, a an instant decision. It was literally this weekend. My dad and I was like, we said to each other, do you reckon we'll find time to do a a Rick Thompson report? And I was thinking, oh, that doesn't quite fit in with my plans for the podcast over the next week or so. But yeah, come on, let's do it. And we did. So it's a bonus episode. Um, I've got other episodes in the pipeline. And the next one will arrive pretty quickly after this, I think. I was going to upload the next episode tomorrow, Monday, the 17th of October. That's when the next episode was going to, was going to be published. But since I've uploaded this now... The next one is going to be pushed back a little bit. That's just the way it works. If I upload the next one immediately, it'll just 
spoil this one. No one, people will miss this one. They won't realise it's arrived. They won't listen to it. And you know, what's the point of uploading an episode if 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 no one listens to it because it immediately gets replaced by another one? Um, so yeah, I'll I'll upload the next one soon. It, I'm not going to wait a whole week for the next one. It'll arrive in a in a few days. Okay, so I hope you enjoy that. That's an interesting one. I hope. I hope you'll agree that it's interesting. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Leave your comments as usual. It's always interesting to know what you are thinking. And I do hope you are thinking while you listen to these episodes. And it's not just, just wind in your head. I hope you're thinking during these episodes. Uh, leave your comments. And finally, uh, we talked about the UK here and the British problems, which are not maybe as serious or bad as many problems in other places around the world. And there are lots of other countries that have got it pretty bad for various reasons. So I just wanted to mention the rest of the world. Those of you out there, those of you who are out there struggling, probably due to the actions of mad bastards, let's call them mad bastards, if you are out there struggling due to the actions of mad bastards, then good luck. Bon courage, as the French say. Keep your chin up and you have our sympathy. I hope that the world chews up these people like this. Just chews up these mad bastards, chews them up and spits them out so that we can then just carry on living our lives and dealing with the many other problems that the human race faces um, without everything having to be screwed up even further by the actions of mad bastards. So if, you, if you're dealing with a mad bastard, that could be any, any mad bastard, then good luck. And I hope that these scumbags just bloody well stop it. Okay? And then we can just carry on and live a more peaceful and productive existence that works for the benefit of everyone. Okay, so please be excellent to each other. Protect the world and other naive but important sentiments. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I will speak to you again soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project 
possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.